awesome next Sunday. Well, we're getting closer to Christmas. Amen? Man, I love Christmas. Love to celebrate. It's not just about the gifts. It's about the giver. And like I told you last week, my prayer is we've been anticipating the celebration of our Savior. Um, as we approach that, my prayer has been for you individually and you as in your families and us as the church is that we have one of the best Christmas seasons we've ever experienced as we journey through the anticipation of the celebration uh, of Christmas with this realization that, folks, God is with us. He, he is here. He, he is with us. And, and God is with you. And, and He's not some distant being out there somewhere in the universe, right? But because of Jesus, He came to be with you. God is with you. And because God is with you, think about it. That is the greatest blessing that you and I have in our lives, is that God would choose to come be with us and to be in relationship uh, with us. Last week, we talked about the fact that you can't truly love God until He becomes personal to you. You can't truly love someone and be intimate with someone and, uh, until you understand their love for you and how they feel about you and, and, and you have a personal relationship with them. You can only truly love God when you are in relationship with God. Uh, and until you understand what Jesus did for you, you'll never truly be personally intimate with Him. And today we're going to dig into uh, this story. We're going to dig into uh, the life of Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, and see how God uh, was such a great blessing in her life, and not only in her life, but for the same reasons God was a great blessing to her, He's a great blessing to us as well. And here's what's so amazing is God is as close, I want you to think about it, God is as close to you today as He was to Mary 2,000 years ago. And I, I just want you to let that sink in for just a minute. He is as close to you today as he was to Mary, the mother of Jesus, 2,000 years ago. Because here's the deal. God has always pursued a relationship with those that he has created. In the Old Testament, the prophet tells us in Micah chapter 6 and verse 8, he says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly? And to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And I'll just be honest with you. A lot of us, we have the act justly part down okay, right? I mean, we know how to act right or do right most of the time. Depends on who's driving in front of us, right? But, but for the most part, we got the act justly part down. Many even may have the love mercy down. I mean, being generous people, being gracious people. But walk humbly with God. Do you do that? 
do, do we do that? Do you walk with, with God? Do you deeply love Him above everything else in your life? Do, do you love Him uh, above all else in your life? Is He a father? Is He a friend? And is He a companion to you in your life? And so today we're going to dig deeper into this idea of God being personal to you, walking in the blessing and the favor of God. And, and you've heard me use the word. I mean, around the church and in church circles, you hear the word blessed a lot, right? I mean, we talk a lot about being blessed, and over the past several years, uh, you've heard me talk about, you know, we've been blessed to be a blessing, and, and you get that. I mean, just to see the things, the impact that we have made uh, on our community just in this holiday season uh, through your generosity, you, you get that. You understand that we've been blessed to be a blessing to other people. But that word blessed gets used a lot, a lot of different contexts, a lot of different connotations. Uh, gets used a lot in the Christian community and even those who aren't a part of the Christian community will speak of being blessed. A lot of times we say it uh, in a way that, you know, implies that maybe we're rich in something. You know, you look out across the pasture and you see all these guys, you know, awesome herd of cattle and we go man that guy's blessed look at all that he has right we speak in it in terms of uh, of having things and and nice things and we call it blessed uh yes some christians how they're doing what will be their response i'm blessed right oh ray 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 gerard some of you remember ray uh Every time someone says, I'm blessed, or I'm blessed and highly favored, you know, I've even said that before uh, myself. And, and so, you know, we, we use it there. Sometimes it's used to express when things are going really well for you. Man, my family all is out of jail this week, so we're blessed, right? We're blessed. We got the bondsman paid off. You know, we're blessed. We almost use it in a way as if we're lucky. You know, somehow we have, have had some, some luck come to our lives. Some, some will even say that they're blessed when they found a parking spot close to the front door, right? God's blessing. Because I didn't have to walk a mile to, to get into Walmarts or wherever it is you go. Uh, and, of course, we always say it when somebody sneezes. And I don't understand that, but we do, you know. Uh, of course, uh, of all the things that happens to me, sneezing is not when I feel like I need a blessing. Let me tell you when I need a blessing. Okay, so I'm walking back here behind the baptistry this morning, get some things ready, and the lights are out back there. And unbeknownst to me, some nut that probably works here has set a speaker right in the path there, and I hit my square, I mean nailed it. And I'm just back there moaning. I've got a broke leg. I don't know if you can tell this morning. I'm standing up here preaching with a broke leg. I'm blessed, right? I didn't feel so blessed when I hit my knee on that back there this morning. That's when I needed someone to say, God bless you, right? When my mind is filling with these unsanctified words that I don't even know where they come from. I know where they come from. I hear them from Lynette. But, they, uh, but you know, that's when I need somebody to bless me, not when I'm sneezing. Uh, you know, I, I, I have uh, 
Some people goes back to this belief that your heart stops when you sneeze, and so basically by saying God bless you, what you're really saying to them is I hope your heart starts back. So that's, that's what that means. But, but, but what exactly does blessed mean? To be favored, you know? Uh, well, uh, how, how do you know that you're walking in the blessing of God? How do you know that you're walking in the favor of God? Well, this phrase, blessed and highly favored, actually comes here from in the Christmas story, right? Uh, the, this statement was that Gabriel said to Mary when he told her that she was pregnant with Jesus. He said, Mary, you are blessed and highly favored among women. And when Elizabeth saw Mary, she used the word blessed with Mary, you know, three different times here in Luke chapter 1. Just real quickly, look at verse 42, 45, and 48. Uh, in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill His promises to her. And then Mary composes this song that is going to be the focus of this message this morning in which she calls herself blessed. And she says boldly, that's how the generations will remember me from now on. All generations will call me blessed. And so this morning I want us to focus on that. What does it mean to be blessed because I believe the meaning of being blessed is at the heart of Christianity. It is at the heart of the gospel message and the good news of Jesus Christ and why He came. So let's read it together this morning. The first Christmas carol that was ever written was written by the mother of Jesus, Mary. And it's called Mary's Song in your Bible if you're looking at it. So let's pick it up there at verse 46 this morning. And let's just read through Mary's Song. Uh, this morning. It says, And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Isn't this a beautiful celebration of our Messiah? This song that she writes to bring glory to her God and celebrate our Savior and the Messiah, it's beautiful. The words are, are absolutely beautiful. But the first thing that I want us to, to think about this morning is this. How was Mary blessed? Or, or maybe it'd be better to say it like this. How in the world could Mary say that she was blessed? I mean, because if you think about it, at this time when Mary made these statements and wrote these, this song, her life was in shambles. Right? 
Her reputation was ruined. She was a pregnant teenage girl who was not married. Right? And, and, and a pregnant teenage girl out of wedlock in their culture would have been a huge scandal. Even the possibility of being stoned to death for being in such a situation and finding herself there. Add to the fact that she was engaged to a guy, but the guy that she was engaged to didn't even live close to where she was. And so everybody in the community knew that there was no way that it could even be the child of her fiancé. And the guy that she was to be married to, the baby wasn't his. And so Mary is basically viewed as a tramp. Mary is basically being viewed at this time as an outcast. She was a tramp who had betrayed her fiancé and brought great embarrassment not only to her family, but her community as well. And, And here's something that I want you to think about this morning also. God did this to her. God caused this. And if you think about it, you know, really, he, he could have done all this in another way. He, he could have done all of this differently in a way that wouldn't have brought her disgrace or disgrace to her family or this ridicule that she was facing. But God chose to do it this way. You know, and if you were Mary living in the midst of this shame and disgrace and ridicule and being talked about and people pointing at you and speaking ugly about you and your family. I mean, honestly, if you were Mary and you were going through what she was going through at this particular point in time in life, would you call yourself blessed? Would you consider yourself to be blessed and highly favored? And not only was she viewed as a scandalous tramp, but she also came out of extreme poverty. She would have been raised up in a very, very poor family. And we know this because later we see that her family, when they came to offer sacrifices, they offered turtle doves for sacrifices instead of the traditional and normal lamb that they were called to sacrifice. And this was an exception that was made for people who were very, very poor, who did not have a lamb and who could not afford to buy a lamb. There was a provision that instead they could sacrifice doves. Instead, she was living in extreme poverty, viewed as the town tramp. Pregnant out of wedlock. Seems like everything in the world was going against her. Can you imagine what she was facing? What she was enduring? What she was going through? Can you imagine being a teenager facing these circumstances and this situation? And be honest, if you were looking at Mary based on the external things, if you were her neighbor if you were someone in the community and you were just viewing on the outside looking in at what was going on in Mary's life and in Mary's family, would you have called her blessed? Probably not, right? Because, you know, she obviously hasn't been given the parking spot closest to the door, right? 
How was Mary blessed? Well, looking from the outside, we would probably say that she wasn't blessed at all. You know, it actually even appears and maybe even crossed her mind. Maybe her parents' mind, her family. That girl's not blessed. She's been cursed. But don't miss this. In the core of her being, God's with her. In the core of her being, she was carrying God. Mary was blessed with what? His presence. Huh? Mary was blessed with His presence. God is with her. Don't miss here in her song how much she speaks to this personal relationship. She calls him in verse 47, God, my Savior. Verse 48, God has been mindful of my you know, humble state. Verse 49, God has done great things for her. Verse 52, God has lifted her up. Verse 53, God has fed her. Don't miss this. At this point, Nothing has changed in her embarrassing and scandalous situation. Nothing has changed. She's not rejoicing here about the situation that God has given her. She is rejoicing about what God has become to her through the presence of Jesus now in her life. She gets it, right? Church, don't miss this. The greatest blessing... The the blessing that makes all others appear insignificant in our lives in comparison is that Jesus is ours, right? At this point, Jesus was all she had. Jesus was hers. God was the only thing in Mary's life that she had to celebrate. He was her salvation. And He's our salvation. And, and, and we must understand today that as close as God was to Mary, as close as the Messiah was to Mary in her core, He is with us in the same way, folks. Through the Holy Spirit, He dwells in us if we are a child of God. He is in us. He is with us. He is our Savior. He is our salvation. He is our hope. He is the treasure. Folks, He is the blessing. He is the blessing. And the problem with the prosperity gospel that a lot of preachers are preaching today because it's popular and and it makes people uh, feel good uh, about how they're living and what they're doing. But one of the problems with the priority gospel is that it prioritizes earthly blessings that God can provide over God Himself. Heaven help us if we see our stuff as bigger blessings than God being with us. That is the greatest blessing. God is the great reward. Not your situation. Not your title. Not your education. Not your circumstance. Not your possession. You know, not your health. Not your family situation. God is the blessing because God the Savior is with you. He is the blessing. Mary was blessed with His presence. And folks, this morning, if you have accepted Him, you and I are blessed with His presence. 
Y'all be more excited about that. Oh, y'all going to party tonight. I get it. All right. We also see here that not only was Mary blessed with his presence, but Mary was blessed with his promise. She was blessed with the promise. She includes this promise in her song in verse 54 and 55 where she says this, He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary does not want us to miss this. Through Jesus, God is fulfilling this promise that he made to Abraham. Don't forget. Don't forget the promise that he made to Abraham. Right? To to make him a blessing to who? To all nations on earth. Folks, it had been 2,000 years and many had concluded that this promise that God had made had either been forgotten or broken. One of the two. And and we're going to look at this more next week. But when the angel showed up to Mary, they had not heard from God in 400 years. They had not heard the voice of God. They they had felt like God uh, was not with them because he was silent during this 400-year period but folks don't miss this God had not forgotten his promise he had not forgotten his promise he was working in all things to bring the savior to the world which was the greatest blessing and friends don't miss this this is your blessing as well this promise these promises and I've told you this before but but if you'll read through your Bible and if you'll underline every promise that God makes to us in His Word, there are over 8,000 promises that He has made in His Word. And God is a promise keeper, not a promise breaker. God's promise is our blessing, the greatest blessing. And, and so uh, he, He's working. Here, here's the deal. With His presence, that's where? With us. His presence is with us. His presence is in us. And He's working, don't miss this, in you, all right? And He's working through you, sometimes invisibly, you know, sometimes silently. But why is He working in you and through you? To bring Jesus through you into a world that needs to know Him, right? This is the promise. We were called to go and make disciples, right? And so this work, His presence that's living in us, I, 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 I just got goosebumps, all right, is, is working in us and through us so that the promise would continue to be fulfilled that He made Abraham to be a Savior to all the nations and this blessing to all the nations. And sometimes to you, it may feel like He's forgotten, right? It may feel like He's forgotten, but He hasn't. Maybe you're here today and you're embarrassed by your family. Maybe there's a situation in your family that resembles a little bit like the situation that Mary's family found themselves in or facing. And you're embarrassed by something going on uh, in your family. There may be something there that you're not proud of. Maybe today you come in here and, and you're hurt. And today you're wondering, just where is God? Well, folks, Mary, in her song this morning, is here to remind you that God is there. God is with you. He's with you in that. 
He's at work in that. And God with you is His promise all right, that through you, He is still offering and extending salvation to this world through Jesus Christ. Do you understand that's what He's doing in you and through you? It's continuing this promise that all men might be saved. And I want to, I want to clarify something here that I said earlier. Uh, because uh, about God uh, causing Mary to go through this scandalous embarrassment that He created it uh, and He caused it. And, and we can't miss this. Being blessed and highly favored does not mean a life without suffering. Being blessed and highly favored does not mean that we won't suffer and we won't face bad situations and that our parking space is a mile from the front door <laughs> you know it means having the presence and the unbroken promises of God with us in those things with us in those situations with us in that suffering with us during those times, it means having a life where God is committed to, listen, He's transforming you, this work that He wants to do in you, so that other people will see Jesus. We talked about this. He's trying to transform you and make you into the image of Jesus, His Son. That's the work that he's doing in you. The potter and the clay, he's molding and making you into whose image? His image, right? And so it, it means having a life where God is committed to transforming us into the image of Jesus. It means that because he is with you, that the promise is being fulfilled to bring others to Jesus through him working in your life. And, and I'm not saying that God causes all kinds of suffering. Okay, yes, here in Mary's story, he is directly involved in that. But some of you here today, uh, some of you are here today, and, and you're suffering. And I would just say to you that God may not be behind that in the same way. Okay? But God is still going to work it together for good if you are his child, that is the promise. You are blessed because whatever it is that you have faced, whatever it is that you are going through, whatever it is that embarrasses you, whatever it is that causes you hurt and pain and all of that, you are blessed because God, if you've accepted him, is working in that and through that so that he would be seen and he would be known and he's working it together, uh, God's word says, for the good of those who love him. That is a promise. We're blessed because of the promise. If you, if you notice here in Mary's song, I, I love this. There's very little here about her. You know, only a couple of lines. The rest is about God. The rest is about His presence. The rest is about His promises. This is why Mary, in her situation that she found herself in, could say, I am blessed and I am highly favored. Friends, today, this is why you and I are blessed and highly favored. We can say it with confidence today. 
We're blessed and we're highly favored because of the presence and the promises of God. And so this is the question today, the hard question that we're going to have to ask. Are you living like someone who is blessed and highly favored? Are you living your life as if you're blessed and highly favored? Don't miss hearing Mary's song. Those here that the world would naturally think, naturally look at them and call them blessed. Well, Mary's saying they're actually not. I mean, in verse 51, it says that he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts, speaking to their dreams, their imaginations. Verse 52, he has brought down rulers from their thrones. The rich he has sent away empty. And listen, there is nothing wrong with having dreams. There is nothing wrong with, you know, having imagination or riches or positions of power. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. The problem is, is when you begin to view these things as your blessings. Right? When you begin to view your position, when you begin to view your riches, when you be- begin to view your position of power as your blessings, and when you magnify those things, and when you lift those things up, when they become your source of happiness, when your title is your identity, and these things are your source of happiness or your source of pride. When you view things, stuff, positions, bank accounts, all these things, when you view these things as your blessings, folks, you are missing out on the greatest blessing. What things in your life do you celebrate? What things in your life do you have parties about? What things in your life do you rejoice in? Jesus told the disciples to rejoice that their names were written in the Lamb's book of life. How how often do we celebrate that? Ought to every moment of every day. Because if it's not there, you're dead. And going to spend an eternity in hell. That's what the Bible says, not what I say. It's not popular preaching. That's why we don't have thousands of people here. Because I'm not here to win a popularity contest. I'm here to share God's word. Jesus said, rejoice, celebrate that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. This is the greater blessing. This is the blessing. So are you living your life like someone who has received a blessing? Are you living your life today as someone who has received the blessing and living your life as blessed and highly favored? What is it that you magnify? What is it that you celebrate? What is it that you glorify? Well, Mary says here in verse 46 and 47, she says, my soul magnifies the Lord, right? She says, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Folks, don't miss this. These two statements are connected, all right? Whatever you magnify, whatever you glorify you're going to celebrate. Whatever you magnify, whatever you glorify, you're going to rejoice in those things that you magnify. Right? 
So what is it in your life that you rejoice in? What is it in your life that you celebrate? I want to read you this excerpt from a a book called Gospel Wakefulness. It's written by a man named Jared Wilson. And I want to read it to you today because uh, if I said this, you'd get mad. So I'm just reading to you from a book. An old man may not give two cents about the gospel. But he sure knows he feels really good when his grandkids come over. Men who sit through church services absolutely unmoved by the songs and teaching. You're only here because your wife demands it, but this afternoon you'll leap off the couch when your team scores a touchdown. Young women here who feel complacent when they read the Bible, but they light up when they get a sales ad from the mall. They will look for hours online at clothes that they can't afford but won't spend 15 minutes in prayer talking to the God of all-surpassing glory who has given himself to them in Christ. Ouch! But folks, can't you see it in our world today? So many things that we consider blessings we're putting before the greatest blessing. Right? Listen, our, our, our joy, joy in your life is kind of like a smoke alarm. It'll kind of let you know what's going on in your life. And if you don't have joy right now, it could be that the source of your joy has moved from God to some lesser blessing that you're magnifying and celebrating. Here's Mary. In the worst possible circumstance that a 17-year-old girl could find herself in. And she's rejoicing. She's rejoicing. Friends, don't miss this because here's the deal. This is a choice. Hello? This is a choice. It's a choice to rejoice and what we're going to rejoice and celebrate. And you may not always feel like it. But you still get to choose. You may not always feel like it, but you still get to choose. And this Christmas, you get to choose. You can say, in Christ, I can lose everything that I have because in Christ, He is all that I need. So can I ask you this morning, are you blessed and highly favored? Are you blessed and highly favored? God's presence and promises are with you today if you're His child. And that's all you need, regardless of your circumstance, regardless of your situation, regardless of where you've been or what you've done. This is a gift that you have to receive. You see, the gifts of Christmas are all about this reminder that He is the true gift. And He's been given to us, but yet again, we have to receive it. We have to receive Him. The question is, this holiday season is, have you received the gift? And if not, I I encourage you to do that today. I encourage you to do it, dear, in this holiday season so that in this Christmas season you can truly experience and know in your life that you are blessed and highly favored. This Christmas, what are you celebrating? You celebrating the gifts? You celebrating the season? Or are you going to be celebrating the Savior?
because he is the greatest blessing. And speaking of celebrating, now we have the blessing of celebrating God's presence and his promise with some dear friends of mine this morning. And let me have a word of prayer with you, and then we're going to celebrate with them this morning. God, again today, we thank you so much for your love for us and your presence. Wow, this reminder that you are as close to us as you were to Mary. It's kind of mind-boggling, but it's true. It's the absolute truth. You had promised us your Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit is you residing in us and in our lives today. And God, to consider that you would love us so much that you would want to be with us every moment of every day kind of blows our minds, but it's the truth. It's the promise that we have in and through you in our relationship with you. And God, I pray today that if there would be anyone here that after hearing this message today and hearing this good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what it, your coming was all about, what the sacrifice was all about, if they're here today and they've never received you and they can't say with a clear heart and a clear conscience that they're blessed and highly favored because of your presence and your promises in their life, I pray today would be a day of commitment. Today would be a day of surrender that they wouldn't lay their head on their pillow tonight before they get things right with you. And then they'll be able to celebrate during this Christmas season the greatest blessing of all. And that's Jesus, our Savior, who is with us and has promised us so much goodness in our life. And God, this morning again, uh, I thank you so much for what you're doing in our church. I thank you so much for what you're doing in our people. This morning, we come together to celebrate. Your word says that when someone accepts you, someone comes to know you, that all the angels in heaven celebrate. One day, we'll join them there in that celebration. But today, I pray that it would be a celebration like happened in heaven. When Jess and Brent committed and accepted you and surrendered their life to you, surrendered their plan to you, surrendered their will to you. God, it's so awesome to see you at work in people's lives and to see what you're doing. And for that, you deserve all the glory and all the praise. And so today, thank you for loving us. Thank you for drawing us. Thank you for wanting to be in relationship with us. Today, we celebrate who you are. Today, we celebrate what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do in the days ahead. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Well, before you go, 